Jackson on the drive, kicks it out for Mann. Mann, three-pointer, bang! Oh, what a man! Magic down the middle, just what I thought, a hook shot at 12, good! Here's Michael at the foul line, a shot on Elo, good! The Bulls win! They win! Now that's a steal by Murr, underneath the DJ, right there! Going up over Bell, Paul away! guys welcome to another post game live here on time dropper for the 2023 nba playoffs we are back baby sorry i could not be there for game six family obligations had a good weekend though i'm not gonna lie always great to be with the fam but game seven the celtics were able to force it off that Derek white put back what a ridiculous game that was and i am not gonna lie i thought the celtics had this series in the bag going back to boston before we get started tonight you already know the drill follow us on social media twitter instagram tiktok at dime dropper pod and of course subscribe to the youtube channel and hit the notification bell but let me just tell you this everybody that's on twitter Let's see how many we got on Twitter, nine? All right, so what you guys are gonna have to do is, this video is gonna end in a second, but all you gotta do is go underneath the tweet that you're on and click on that link and come to the YouTube, and if you are not subscribed, come on, man, you gotta subscribe, or lady, you gotta subscribe, but that, because that's where I make my money. Super chat to turn on if you wanna drop a dollar or a dime, any donation is appreciated, but let's get right to it. So the Boston Celtics, I always say when the, the Celtics host Game 7 at home like they got it in the bag normally. 22-5 and five going into this game at home in the playoffs. And here's the thing about Boston in Game 7s. And here's the thing about them. I always say that if you're playing a Game 7 on the road, you've basically already lost more often than not. The stats and the history just favor that. I mean, basic basketball nature. But... The Celtics, Boston, especially back when they were in the Boston Garden, it just felt like some, some mystique about them, some, something that would always go right. And they never used to really barely lost Game 7s at home. It, I've already seen half of them in my uh, lifetime, 2009, 2018, and now tonight. And tonight wasn't even close. And, you know, watching this game and going into it, I was saying the first, and I agree with Charles Barkley, Charles Barkley said it too, but the first six minutes of the game. I know that's nothing in today's NBA, especially with the three-point variance and all that, but the first six minutes of the game was going to be huge because if the Celtics got off to a crazy start shooting the three, the whole crowd got into it like game five, I think it would be too much for the Heat to overcome. But the Miami Heat won this game tonight with their defense. And Eric Spolstra threw in a great mixture of man and zone. And remember, if you go back to the bubble, what really fucked with the Celtics? Them going to these zones, these matchup zones, these 2-3 zones, even 1-2-2 two, two at times for the Heat, just mixing it up. And the Celtics, I mean, they just keep ball pounding, doing the same old thing, stagnant offense, not making... It's the same thing we said in the beginning of the series, and that's why this win was so fitting for the Heat. The Heat play off the pass, Celtics play off the bounce. The Celtics do not carve up zones because they're not really 
looking for the mid-range. They'll pass up a lot of mid-ranges for the three ball, which they can go hot and cold with, live by the three, die by the three. And then yeah, they have guys that won't even look at the mid-range you know, when they get the ball in that zone, and they don't move the ball fast enough. So that's why a zone is really good against them. I'm going to get into a little bit more detail about it in a sec. But overall, you know, in the beginning of the game, it's basically switch everything on both sides. So it's just a one-on-one game. Jalen Brown got off to a solid start in the first quarter for the Celtics. But I'm afraid that would be the only quarter that he was solid for me. Jason Tatum on the first play, and this affected the game, twisted his ankle, landed on Gabe Vincent. I don't usually make excuses for injuries or anything like that, and I wouldn't say I'm giving him an excuse because I still think he should have shot the ball more and you know tried to catch the ball in better areas if he can't really put the ball on the floor and go to the rim. But Jason Tatum still tried tonight. He still fought. It was very disappointing that you just didn't get the good performance. Not even a good performance. You got an awful performance by Jalen Brown. And just overall, the team philosophy is just too three-point heavy. But I'm going to get into more depth of more in depth about that in a sec, but God, Miami came out with the right defensive energy, and Jimmy Butler hit a couple of shots, but Caleb Martin again. I mean, oh my God, I don't even know what to say about this guy. He was just playing at such a high level. Some of the shots he was making, like one dribble spin off, like on a dime, rise up, like eighteen footer. Going to the basket. Well, he's been really great attacking closeouts in a variety of ways. Stepping into the mid-range. Sidestep. Escape threes. I mean, good off just catch and shoot as well. On the fast break. And obviously defensively, you could argue that he should have won that Larry Bird Eastern Conference Finals MVP tonight. Which, again, these awards are ridiculous gimmicks. Like, they should stop. I mean, people are talking about, he should have won the Eastern Conference Finals MVP. This is exactly why these awards were so extra. Jesus. But it doesn't really matter at the end of the day. Caleb Martin was insane in this series in every way, shape, or form, and it was no different in this game. It felt like he didn't have one bad game. After the first quarter, the score was 22-15 to in favor of the Miami Heat. Their defense was so good, but the Celtics... You know, it's just a lot of threes just chucking early in the shot clock. First three they got, it felt like they were just, you know, trying to play the math game. And, you know, they shot their worst three-point shooting game of the season last game. So they thought, okay, you know, it'll regress to the mean and we're just going to throw them up there. Al Horford, Derek White, Jalen Brown, all of them. Just a couple of them, a couple of these shots for each are just very quick. You know, in the shot clock, this is a game seven. You can get a better shot. But I think Missoula, you know, he said it at the end of the game. They asked him after the game, do you think this team lives and dies by the three or do you think they lean too far into the three-pointers? And he said, no, we just missed shots. Okay, it's the same story with basically every single coach. The Celtics will not continue to win this way. I can promise you that. Especially with Jalen Brown losing the ball every time he tries to hard drive left in the final two rounds of the playoffs. Let's not even get into that yet. 22 to 15. You hold a team to 15 points in the first quarter as the road team. That's how you say we're in this shit and you're going to have to work to win this game. And that's exactly what the Miami Heat did. Second quarter, got a little bit more points on the board for either side. 30 to 26 in favor of the Heat. And they led 52 to 41 at the half. The Celtics, 
They were down by like 17 at one point. They just were not scoring, just chucking up threes. I agree with what Charles Barkley said and what Kenny said that they were taking the Heat were taking the rhythm threes. They were knocking them down. Celtics were forcing a lot, and you could just tell that Tatum wasn't 100% right, so you needed a little bit more from JB. But the Heat, I mean, Caleb Martin, Duncan Robinson, Bam Adebayo on the defensive end. The one thing that was hurting them, though, was Bam Adebayo, because they were switching everything, was getting pulled out onto the perimeter. So sometimes the Celtics in that first half were crashing the offensive glass, and it was hurting the Heat. But overall, the game was played at a pace in which the Heat liked. I've been saying all series, it's about fast favors the Celtics, slow favors Miami, and the Heat really kept the game in the half court. They did not let the Celtics make any kinds of runs, any kind of runs. And here's the thing about the Celtics fans. They brought it. They were really loud. They were trying everything they could. But the Heat took them out of the game with timely shots, mainly from Caleb Martin and, you know, Jimmy Butler hit two off-the-catch threes. One of them was, like, falling away with a hand in his face in the corner. So, Jimmy Butler, three for seven from deep in this game. I thought he came to play. He emptied the clip, 28 shot attempts. He didn't shoot the most efficiently, 12 for 28. But he was aggressive and he did a little bit of everything. 28.7 rebounds and six assists. That's what you needed in a game seven to respond with all, from all the respond to all the critics for the bad performances recently and they have been bad performances but jimmy butler i don't even think he was the best player tonight for the heat that would be caleb martin for me but the celtics made a little bit of a push in that third quarter but it didn't start right away because jimmy butler got the lead up to 16 and the celtics called a timeout not even two minutes into the third I don't even think it was an effort thing for the Celtics, and their defense wasn't even horrendous to me. It's mainly they couldn't score. Just their momentum was lost in that way. And, you know, when you make shots, it helps you on the defensive end just because you get that confidence boost. Um, but the teams, the best teams are the ones that are able to still defend even, with their shot, even when their shots aren't falling. And you know what? 103 points. That's not a lot for today's NBA. I still really think the Celtics did a decent job. They didn't make Jimmy Butler's life easy at all. I mean, 12 for 28, that could easily be 12 for 28 in a loss. But it wasn't because the Celtics' offense was just garbage. But Jimmy Butler, Bam Adebayo, Max Struess, even Duncan Robinson when he was on the court tonight, they held their own defensively. They did. But the third quarter I thought was really entertaining because it became a battle between Caleb Martin and Derek White. I did not think that would be the battle in, in the Game 7 of the Eastern Conference Finals. But, man, oh man. Derek White had a couple of, like, what? He had a couple of threes and shots going to the basket. He, had, he was 3-for-3 three three from 2 at one point in the game. I'm not sure if he ended at that. I'm not looking at the box score just yet. But... He was able to get to the line, and he was really because Jason Tatum clearly was kind of limping and wasn't really demanding the ball. And in these kind of games, we've seen that Jason Tatum, the one thing he doesn't do, he doesn't shy away. He will try to get the ball, and he, there was none of that in the second half, really. They were looking to give him the ball, and he was still a little bit hesitant. So Jalen Brown and Derek White did most of the ball handling and playmaking, and, of course, the Heat are going to switch everything. They didn't even play Cody Zeller and Kevin Love. They went small tonight. Haywood Highsmith even getting a little burn. And he was really great in his minutes in the first half. He clean, ripped, cookied Jason Tatum on a between the legs. I think he's got a future, absolutely a good future in the NBA, this guy. 
uh, shown some athleticism. I haven't seen too much of him, but he's shown some versatility for sure in these playoffs. But man, super chats turned on June 28th, July. Thank you so much. As seven seed Lakers lost to first seed Nuggets, Celtics lost to eight seed Heat. Feeling good. Who we got this finals? I'm going with the Nuggets, but I'll explain why later. But as always, thank you so much for the super chat. But Caleb Martin, Derek White, right? Derek White started getting MVP chance because he was also playing really good defense. And after he started getting MVP chance, man thought he was Kyrie Irving. I'd never seen him so aggressive in my entire life, going to the basket every time he touched the ball or trying to, just be trying, looking to score every time he got it, putting up contested threes. It was hilarious. But Caleb Martin, the shots he was hitting to kill momentum, as I said, that spin <laughs> pull up on a dime. There was one time where he just got the ball. They went under the screen. He just pulled up with confidence. Made Felt like he made all his open threes, too. So many timely shots and plays. And I thought Eric Spolstra also did a really good job using the timeouts. But again, the main problem to me in the game is that, one, they looked horrible again against the zone. They'll put Al Horford in the middle of the floor, and he was making good reads to kick it out to shooters, but the three ball just wasn't falling, right? So Al Horford not looking at the basket in the mid-range is a problem. He tries to go right at the body of Bam, and Bam is one of the best defenders in the NBA. So that's pretty tough. Then you just don't put Jalen Brown or Jason Tatum really there in the middle of the floor. They flash there occasionally, but it's just not consistent. They don't stay there. They don't really actively look to move and work hard for the ball at all off the ball. Jason Tatum, he went into the mid-post or the foul line area one time he caught the ball and turned and shot and it almost banked in it was such a bad miss and that is not an ankle thing that is a shot that he looked uncomfortable shooting because how many times do you see jason tatum in the middle of a zone first of all teams don't really be playing zone like that people can act like oh they throw it in more than back in the day sure they don't play zone like that it's still primarily man-to-man like 90 percent of the time the Miami Heat play the most zone in the league, quite frankly, and they know in a playoff series against the Celtics, and this, by the way, is not normal how much they're playing zone, but they know the Celtics suck against zone because, as I said, they have guys that won't look at the mid-range when they catch the ball at the foul line. And by the way, it's not just the Celtics that have this problem, and that's part of the reason why I always say teams are going zone more now because people are not accustomed to taking catch-and-shoot mid-ranges anymore. There are way more guys shooting catch-and-shoot threes, absolutely, and three is worth more than two, and I get why they're doing it, but this is where you can try to exploit this. You know who you can't exploit it against? The Joker, who if you go 2-3 against and he catches the ball in the middle of the floor, you will get carved apart. So that's why the Joker, to me, he can counter basically every defense, and I think he would be fantastic in every era because of it. You know, he has the mid-range. He doesn't neglect any part of the floor. He just kind of takes what the defense gives. And that's why, to me, he's the best player in the NBA, and he's held his own defensively, and he's surrounded by great defenders. So that zone, he they're, he, they're going to try to mix it up. But Jokic, it's not like the Celtics. Jason Tatum being uncomfortable taking that shot, catch and shoot in the mid-range is concerning to me. He's got to put in some work with that. Jalen Brown, the same. You know, they're pretty decent off the bounce. Jason Tatum is pretty decent catching the ball isolated, maybe one or two dribble on an island. But catching the ball like that in a zone and turning and shooting quick, catch and shoot, not catch and make a move or just iso, it's a little different. 
And you know, JT wears all this Kobe stuff, says, I love Kobe this, I love Kobe that. Are you watching the film? Because just playing in a different era does not excuse you from neglect. You know, Kobe was such a great, to me, top two, top three scorer ever to play the game. The best score I've ever seen. Because he was able, you can say, oh, he wasn't the best three-point shooter. If he was open on a catch-and-shoot three, I still thought it was going in. And inside the arc, he was comfortable shooting any shot. Pull up going left. Pull up going right. Didn't matter how many dribbles. Pump fake one, two, three times. Post fade either sh- over either shoulder. Two guys on him. Three guys on him. Pull ups on a dime. One dribble. Zero dribbles. Turn and face. You know what I'm saying? All these kind of different shots off the catch quick. Coming off a pin down. Either, going either way. So all these different shots, that's what made him great. And I'm not saying Jason Tatum's going to ever reach that level, but it just means diverse. Like, you got to be able to catch the ball and work quick inside the arc at that size and with this spacing, it will change your game. I know he was injured. I don't mean to sound too harsh on him, but it's not about just this game. It's about the series. And that's why the teams are going to continue to go zone on the Celtics because Al Horford, he clearly doesn't like taking that shot. He doesn't even look at it, that 15-footer. And no, I'm not blaming the analytics. Analytics this, analytics that. Oh, maybe I should. I don't know. Let me know what you think in the comments about that. Should I blame the analytics for that? Because the thing is, for the guys that are good at mid-ranges, they're encouraged to take it. These guys are decent at mid-ranges. They're not encouraged to take it. I don't think it's that they're not encouraged to take it. I think it's that they're more encouraged to take the three ball. When your coach is being asked after the game if you think you didn't, you know, if you lived and died by the three, did it hurt you guys? They shot nine for 42 from deep, 21.4%, and shot 20% in the last game. And he said, no, I'm not saying you should get fired or anything like that because it's on the players first and foremost, but I don't like that answer. Yeah. I don't know. It's it's not it's not even like, I don't even know. what If, if you're Missoula, I mean, I guess you would put Jalen Brown in the high post exclusively. But Jason Tatum should also be getting there too. To me, you should not have your hand held by a coach to get into the middle of a zone. That's insanity. You got players got to take over at that point. Come on, IQ. The Miami Heat had a better collective basketball IQ, and as I said, despite the Derek White and Caleb Martin showdown, Celtics outscored the Heat by one going into the fourth. The Heat just took their life away. Uh, they never let up. Jimmy Butler was able to make big shots. Caleb Martin was able to make big shots. And the Heat got it done. They never really let the Celtics back in it. The Celtics pretty much chucked themselves out of the game. And Jalen Brown, oh boy, oh boy. Going left, Stan Van Gundy called it out in commentary. It was a problem again. I mean, he just lost the ball, sometimes even unforced. His handle is still loosey-goosey, and it comes out at the higher levels. And that's why you just can't take regular season basketball to the bank. You can't even just take first-round basketball when you're clearly favored to the bank. It's all about these last three rounds, as I always say. This really separates the good from the great. Or I'm sorry, the great from the good and the goats from the greats. And it's all about the big moments. Right now, Jalen Brown is handle. It's too loosey-goosey at the highest level. And he's got to have to keep putting in work there. Jason Tatum, he doesn't embrace. Both of these two, they, they're good at the mid-range. They don't embrace it. They make life so tough for themselves, wanting to dance at the top of the key behind the three-point line, 
with the defense staring at them. They make it so complicated. Catch the ball at the elbow at the mid post way more. Life will be easier, I promise. Especially for Jason Tatum. We've seen the results when he catches it there. It's the exact same shit I say about Paul George every fucking week when the Clippers are on. It's the same thing. You want to be Kobe so bad? Watch his fucking film. It's there. And he had less space than you. But then they, the argument is the analytics don't encourage it, all this. Man, fuck the analytics. It's not even about that. You're good at the mid-range. The analytics shouldn't be that in favor of it. Uh, you know, he should be able to, I mean, man. You know what the analytics do favor? Winning. So, Jason Tatum, I mean, in the playoffs, the game changes. So, your regular season stats, too, whatever you shot in the regular season, this and that. Nah, the playoffs is a war of attrition. As Bob Myers said in that interview, or whatever, on that show he was on, Option A will be taken away. you got to have counters, and that's what separates the GOATs from the greats. And right now, Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, they're really great. Jalen Brown's really good. Jason Tatum is great. They ain't Celtic GOATs. Paul Pierce, Larry Bird, these guys, these are the GOATs. Russell for the Celtics. They are yet to reach that, but again, they're young. So I'm not going to say this whole, there's going to be so much ugly conversation about break it up this, break it up that. I don't believe in that. 25 and 26 years old. They got to game seven of the conference finals. Okay, it was a disappointing season. Was last year a disappointing season? No, it wasn't. It was a disappointing ending. But the Golden State Warriors are a more experienced team with the best player in the series. Jason Tatum was in his fifth year in the NBA. This was embarrassing. Absolutely. It's not about that they were down 3 nothing and almost came back. You lost the game seven at home. You were down 3 nothing as the higher seed. So it's inexcusable. Let's read the lines. Team stats... Uh, the Celtics shot 39% tonight at home in this game seven. The Miami Heat shot 49. Only four more shot attempts for the Heat. Free throw attempts, 13 for the Celtics. They shot 11 for 13. Heat only got six foul shots, five for six. That even makes it even more impressive that they won. From the three-point line, the Heat shot the more in-rhythm threes. They shot the better threes off better ball movement. 14 for 28. They still made some tough shots, though. I'm not going to lie, especially Jimmy Butler. But there were a couple times in the first half, I forgot to mention this, where they seemed like they're, you know, miscommun- there were many miscommunications on pick and rolls where I couldn't tell if they were going under the screen or they, they were dropping. But Duncan Robinson and Kyle Lowry, like, just walked into wide open threes. With Al Horford was, I, I'm pretty sure, involved in both. I thought they looked better with Rob Williams on the court tonight having that vertical threat because Al Horford's three ball has been so suspect in the series. And Rob Williams with the vertical threat and his rim protection, I think he does a better job switching on to Jimmy Butler because he still hesitates sometimes going at the rim. And one thing about Jimmy Butler that limits him to me as a scorer, like at this highest level, is as I think it was a good point SVG made that he's always off two feet, always coming to a jump stop and all that. He's very uncomfortable just going up with one, off one foot most of the time and he's good going to his right stopping on a dime like fading away he falls away and squares his shoulders but going to his left he's way different he doesn't stop on a dime like that he usually comes to a full stop throws a couple of pump fakes in there so we'll see how that limits him at the highest level with a guy like Aaron Gordon even KCP on him because I've said in the past that I've been a little skeptical of Jimmy being the best player on a championship team in terms of scoring because his bag is a little limited, but he still seems to get the job done. And last year, I kind of didn't think that. I thought it was more about Bam Adebayo as a second option, being able to average 20 points consistently. And this year, I feel like I've been reiterated on that, or 
reminded of that, I should say. And I reiterate that point that Jimmy Butler seems like he can be in this era first option on a championship team. I think they need a little more out of BAM consistently scoring-wise. But rebound battle, two more rebounds for the Heat, so nothing crazy there. The Heat at 26 assists to the Celtics, 18. But, you know, that's pretty, light, pretty uh, you know, easy to think about when they make 10 more shots. Turnovers, about the same. Celtics had 15. Heat had 14. The Heat, though, 17 fast break points of the Celtics, 8. And the largest lead of the game for the Celtics was just five, and that was 5-0. The Heat led by as many as 23 in Boston tonight. Let's read the lines for the Celtics. A little bit of everybody, honestly. They were just throwing shit at the wall, and nothing really stuck. Peyton Pritchard played four minutes and had a donut. Malcolm Brogdon returned in this game. He just didn't look right. Played seven minutes, had a donut, and I think that did hurt as well. Um, so the Celtics, you know, you need luck to win championships as well. Not saying the Heat got lucky, but Jason Tatum and uh, Malcolm Brogdon getting injured didn't help. For the Heat, I know you might say Tyler Hero, but I'm starting to think that I've been convinced that they play better without him. Grant Williams played 16 minutes. He had three points on one for three shooting. I remember his three was pretty big because if the Celtics were going to make a run, that three was... Something that helped, something that felt like it could be a start of. The Time Lord only played 14 minutes. I don't agree with Al Horford playing 20 more minutes than the Time Lord tonight, to be honest. He was a minus 9. Horford was a minus 10. So nothing really supports that in terms of the stats. But I don't know. As I said, he was 4 for 5. Horford was 3 for 8. Horford was 2 for 5 from 3. So you'll take that. But the Time Lord, 8.6 boards. And as I said, I thought if he, he was affecting more shots, he also had a block. But now you go to the starters. Al Horford played 34 minutes, 3 for 8 from the field, 2 for 5 from 3, 8 points, 8 boards, 2 assists, and a steal. I don't know. I just didn't think he, he was good enough offensively in this series. It's not consistent enough because he's not really off. I mean, he makes some good you know, connective passes and all that, like the extra pass or being in that high post. As I said, he was making some decent reads, but he's still like, he needs to make shots quite, quite simply. He needs to make shots and he's not looking to post up on smaller guys as much anymore. You saw a little bit of it in the first quarter, but you just not, it's nothing consistent. He's not in his prime anymore. Al Horford is still great. I mean, I think you could still say he had a good postseason, especially because of the Sixers series, but, ah, man, I don't know. I'm not going to talk about next season or anything like that. I don't feel like that. I just want to talk about tonight. How about Marcus Smart? Played 35 minutes, nine points, two rebounds, four assists, and a steal. Thought he was pretty good defensively, but compared to most years, he wasn't really guarding the best guy as much this year. Um he took a step down defensively, but I still think he's good in his role. But four for ten from the field, one for six from three. So Marcus Smart needed to have I mean, that didn't really need to have a better shooting night because the stars didn't play well enough, but it would have helped. Then there's Derek White, who was getting MVP chance at one point tonight. 18 points for him. Five for twelve from the field, two for nine from three. I thought he took some reckless threes as well. Six for seven from the line. Then the Jays. Jason Tatum, 14 points, 11 rebounds, 4 assists, 1 steal. Just 2 turnovers, so not too bad there. 5 for 13 from the field, 1 for 4 from 3. 
three for four from the line. It didn't look like he had much lift, and it looked like when he got to the rim, he would be limping after. Um, it was tough for Tatum, man. I felt for him. But I think he still should have shot more than 13 times, especially with JB losing the ball so much. Um, it was a great season for Jason Tatum overall. I think he, he should be disappointed in this series, and it is a blemish. You know, he shouldn't be happy with it. I don't think he played well enough, even though I think his stats after the series, the stats haven't loaded. I tell you them if they were loaded already. But he probably statistically had a solid series. But nah, he wasn't good enough, point blank, period. And somebody else who was even worse was Jalen Brown. This year, last year was Jason Tatum that stuck out more. This year was Jalen Brown. And it's just part of the part of the process. They're young. It was a very disappointing season, very disappointing ending. 19 points, 8 rebounds, 5 assists, a steal, and 2 blocks for Jalen Brown, which sounds really good, right? 8 for 23 from the field, 1 for 9 from 3. Some of them were just ridiculous. 8 turnovers. 8 out of the 6 or the 15 turnovers. We had the majority of them. That's inexcusable. A lot of them were just handling the ball, getting ripped, or just losing it. Unreal. Unreal. The Celtics will be back. I wonder if Jalen Brown is happy, though. That's the whole thing. People are saying, is he happy there in Boston? It's tough, man. The Celtics fans, you have every right to be pissed at your team. I mean, I don't think they quit or anything like that, but they weren't good enough. And they weren't good enough in terms of sense of urgency in the first two games. So if you're a Celtics fan, man, and I don't know I'll have a lot of a minute man, minute women, I am sorry. Oh, my God. Why am I doing this on the Clippers court? For the YouTube people. Got to be on the Celtics court. Ugh. But anyway, I am sorry, Celtics fans. Um, but not really that sorry because you have 17 rings. So I don't really have much sympathy for you. I'm a Clipper fan. At the end of the day, though, it is tough. I mean, 3 nothing up. The whole 0-4 Red Sox thing. It felt too good to be true. I'm not going to lie. I look like a little bit of a clown. I thought that the Celtics had it. I really did. Game 7 in Boston. I mean, you, that's why you got to give the credit to the Miami Heat more than anything. But, yeah, it's tough for the Celtics. Two tough endings in a row. But, look, they're the only team that in the – actually, no, besides the Heat, that in the last two years made it to the conference finals. Yeah, in the last two years made it to the conference finals, both of them. Heat and Celtics, only teams. So that's something to be proud of, and I think they'll be back, and they're young. They're not even close to their primes yet. So they'll still have a couple of years before that, maybe one or two. Let's talk about the Heat. Basically, an eight-man rotation, High Smith. Two points in nine minutes. I thought he was great in his minutes, as I said. Duncan Robinson. What a solid performance from him, and he was holding his own defensively. Ten points on four for six shooting and two for three from deep in 20 minutes of play. Wow. He was just, he's just been really great in these playoffs. It's been like the bubble again. Not as crazy, though, obviously, but just he's making a great impact again. Let's put it that way. And you'll absolutely have him going into getting double figures. Uh, in a game seven on the road, five guys in double figures for the Miami Heat, just three for the Celtics, Derek White, Jalen Brown, and Jason Tatum. How about Kyle Lowry? Did a little bit of everything today. Solid bounce back games game after a couple of tough ones. Seven points, seven boards, five assists, good defense as usual. Three for six from the field and one for two from three in 24 minutes. Kyle Lowry making it to his second NBA final. So I know all the Raptors fans probably pulling for the Miami Heat. 
Let's talk about the starters. Gabe Vincent played the least amount of minutes. He had 10 points and 4 assists. Thought he was very solid. 4 for 10 from the field and 2 for 3 from deep. Gabe Vincent, what can you say about him? He's been amazing in these playoffs. Keeping the defense honest, catching and shooting uh, the three ball, being able to handle the ball and pick and roll and take some pressure off of Jimmy Butler and holding his own defensively. And in a variety of ways, he's scoring. Mid-range, at the rim, the three ball, UCSB. Shout out to the UCs. Gabe Vincent. Congratulations to him. Started on this team in the on, in the playoffs. How about Max Tosterstrudel? Eight points, five rebounds on three for eight shooting and two for six from deep. You know what? It didn't really feel like it was 33% from three watching the game. Felt like he made big shots and he played D. And I think that uh, he has a lot to be proud of as well. Bam out of the bayou. I'm not going to lie. His defense is awesome, but offensively, he's very frustrating, and I think you're going to see it exposed in the finals. He is so inconsistent with his shot-making around the rim and in the mid-range area. He does not play with any confidence offensively. He's not decisive with his moves. He had Derek White on him, and he took like an eight, like a 15-footer. And what's annoying about him is that he has the post game, and you see it come out. He has like jump hooks with both hands sometimes, but he just fades away and just... He has the favorable matchup every time, pretty much every time down. Like these guys, there was a lot of moments of really ugly basketball tonight. Like really ugly, man. Like I don't even mean to be hating, but it's just threes, threes. Guys that can't shoot the mid-range, they can't expose zones. Not much crashing the offensive glass. It's just like, oh, well, I shouldn't say not much crash crashing the offensive glass, but the Celtics, I still they didn't I still think they didn't crash the offensive glass enough in the zone. And plus just three after three, no variety. It was just oh man, there was some terrible moments. And look, no, here's the crazy part. One on one, right? They make you play one on one because they switch everything. You can choose who guards you. You can choose who guards you. And still I saw some ugly offense. But credit to the Heat, man. They won by 20, so not trying to hate too much. Funny I say that though. I just had it. my most liked tweet ever. So funny. It was about the 03 first team All-NBA versus 2023 and saying how it's like just so funny how everybody just says like everyone's so much better now and then this team would just get fucking creamed. But I did say underneath in the tweet that uh, Jokic and Steph Curry, um, those two are actually in the best five in the NBA and that would make it a better game. But it was like Kobe, McGrady, Duncan, Garnett, and Shaq. I mean, come on. Anyway. Uh, let's talk about, yeah, so Bam, 12 points, 10 rebounds, 7 assists. For what it's worth, 4 for 10 from the field and 4 for 4 from the line. For what it's worth, I think Bam is is really good, man. He's really good. His defense is awesome. He's so versatile. But offensively, he leaves a lot to be desired, and he has the tools. And I think he has the skill, but he lacks the consistency and the confidence, and he just needs to keep working, keep working. That mid-range is not consistent. Jimmy Butler. 28 points, 7 rebounds, 6 assists, 3 steals, 12 for 28 from the field, 3 for 7 from 3, and only 2 free throw attempts. Made one of them. What a solid game for Jimmy. He did it. He came through, and he had some amazing sound bites. You know, last year when he said we'll be back in the same position and everybody thought he was crazy. Wow. I mean, come on. Hemi Buckets, man. What a player. What a legend. And, yeah, I do think he's probably better than Tatum overall. I mean, I thought last year I outplayed him. I know the injury, this game doesn't affect that. I think he just makes the game easier. And you know what? He's in his prime, at his peak. Jason Tatum is not there yet, so it's okay. But I think Jimmy's a little bit better. I still think it's arguable. But, yeah, Jimmy Butler did it. And he won the Larry Bird trophy in front of the Celtics crowd. That had already left, of course, but that's brutal, man. 
fuck. And the Koozie Award in front of the Celtics crowd. Ugh. At TD Garden. My player of the game, though, is Caleb Martin. What a performance. 26-10-3. That's 10 rebounds. Three of those offensive rebounds on 11 for 16 from the field and 4 for 6 from 3. Unbelievable the way he was able to mix it up and just hit tougher shots than I thought he even had in his bag. The Miami Heat, I mean, what a story this is. The second 18 to make the finals besides the 99 Knicks. Um, they're really the seventh seed in terms of record, but they lost to the Hawks in the playing game, and it's, it's crazy. If you had told me that after they lost to the Hawks that they would make it to the finals, I would have said you were insane, that they weren't big enough, they didn't have enough scoring, um, they couldn't shoot the three ball well enough, but phew, they found some magic when Giannis got hurt and Jimmy Butler just entered a different mode. Tyler Hero got hurt, and you've seen everybody step up and the role players, you know, everyone's been saying, including myself, I said after the first round, they're going to come back to earth eventually. They're, this is, this is, I mean, they're just, I guess, different. Heat culture's real. Pat Riley's the GOAT, man, the godfather. One of my basketball idols, for sure. I'm a legend in this city, legend in that city, and just a winner in every sense. Player, coach, exec, even the teams that he didn't win with, he was competitive with. He knows what he's doing, man. He doesn't take shit. And Eric Spolstra. Might be the best coach in the NBA. I still think it's Greg Popovich. He just doesn't have the talent anymore. But Eric Spolster is top two minimum. The guy is has become an incredible coach. I've always thought he was a great coach. And I knew he was a great coach in 2012. Was when I got on the Spolster bandwagon. When I saw the way the Heat defended um, as a team. And I knew that that has to be a well-coached team. And each year he's gotten better. And yeah, I mean, when, you know. People used to, It's crazy because I remember the conversations back then. We used to always say it's easy to coach a team with LeBron on it or with D-Wade on it. And that just seems because LeBron is so much of a player coach. You know, he's so on top of everything and such a high IQ player, all-time great. People always like to discredit the coach that he has. And Eric Spolstra was the first. Actually, no, Mike Brown was the first. But Eric Spolstra was the second in that line. And I remember, you know, the, the classic when LeBron, after they were 11 and 10, or was it nine and eight went to Pat Riley and said, do you ever get the itch? Tried to get him fired basically, or try to get him demoted. Remember this guy started out as the film guy and Pat Riley stood by Spo this whole way. And look at what he's become top 15 coach of all time voted in. You could make an argument for top 10, not about to sit here and do that on this podcast, but maybe that's an idea for the summer. But Eric Spolstra, I mean, he just coaches his teams to the best of their ability. And he gets the most out of every player. They're well-prepared on both ends of the floor as best they can be. They play with ball movement, even when they don't have the most offensive talent. And I think one of the teams that really resembles or exemplifies Spoh's greatness as a coach is that 2018 team whose best players were Goran Dragic and Hassan Whiteside and Josh Richardson. And they got the sixth seed in the East. They got I think they had D-Wade coming off the bench. Yeah, midway through that season. Don't want to disrespect the great... Dwayne Wade, the greatest Heat player of all time, will be smiling tonight as the Miami Heat avoid embarrassment. And yes, in my opinion, it would have been embarrassment to blow a 3-0 lead and become the first team to do that, especially after Spo. He stood and said, we're going to find a way to do it. Jimmy Butler said he was not panicking the entire series. And guess what? They came through. They made me look like a clown. And the Celtics lose on their home floor only for the sixth time in NBA history. What a performance by the Heat. 
Denver Nuggets and Miami Heat. What an amazing series we have in store. I will try to have a preview for you guys, but for now, I've got the Nuggets in six. I think the rest has done them well. They did the better team with the better player in the series, and I think their offense will be too much. Congratulations to the Miami Heat. Now to the live subscribers waiting patiently in the chat. Super Chats are turned on if you want to drop a dollar or a dime. Peace.